The most important asset that you can have is people. Taking the Christina show was very uncomfortable. After that show, that completely changed my mindset. Your success is inevitable. That was uncomfortable for me to be leading people that they know more than you. And I, no, 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 I'm aging. And you know what's the alternative? Uh -huh. To die. Welcome, welcome again to one more show one more episode of i got an accent so what and today's gonna be a treat for you guys uh this is my beautiful beautiful guest migdalia figueroa hi <laughs> thanks for having me thank you so much migdalia you migdalia was referred to me by a really good friend giselle tejeda uh in our amazing amazing telecommunication with telemundo your resume it's it's huge In the, I'm in, old. No, not, <laughs> not because of that, but I kept looking at each, uh, you know, of your, in LinkedIn, sorry, I was talking to you. I'm like, oh, oh my God. This, and I'm not going to lie to you. I did got a little bit like nervous. I'm like, oh my God, Lele, this is a huge, huge deal for me as, as a female, as a woman, Latina, you know, especially in the telecommunication world, you know, um, not only that, she's the president GM for Telemundo. Um, for Orlando, exactly. it's, it's, it's huge what you guys do, the communication and news and everything to our Hispanic and our, and our, and our amazing Latino community. But be, before that, you're being in journalism, you know, uh, New York from New York, you went to Miami and, and one of the, my biggest thing that I saw that I was like, Oh my God, is the show de Cristina. You're a <laughs> producer for show de Cristina. And I'm going to tell for my, my English speaking, um, Guests and amazing fans. The show de Cristina is like the Oprah. It's the Latinos Oprah, you know, of the whole entire here for our immigrants. And I grew up with, with Cristina watching religiously. I, I remember it was 3 p.m. or 4 p.m. the show in Miami. And I was watching everything of the guests. And um, what an honor to have you, Migdalia. No, really. it, no it's an honor to be here. Um Thanks for for your kind words, but honestly, this is the environment that I prefer. I prefer to be with people in platforms that I know that they have a real purpose. Awesome. And when Giselle talked to me about you and your um, podcast, only by hearing the name, I already knew that you had a real purpose, mm -hmm. in, and I would want to be able to collaborate with that. So, Love that. Um, Thank you again. Um, As soon as you hit that email and you say, I love it, all that, it was like a big, I was so happy and joyful. Um, because seeing a woman that made it, made it in, in this country as a, as a Latina, it takes a pride in all of us. It takes a pride, me in the, in the entrepreneur side and see that communication in that world that you move in. So many people that look up to everything that was created It's truly an honor, not only to be a female, you know, in that industry, it's even more and more gratifying for all of us that are watching. Um, I have a lot of questions for you. <laughs> I promise uh, I'm, I'm going to be, um, you know, as patient as I can as my producer <laughs> say, yeah, I know how, how happy you are and joyful and nervous um, because I don't want to leave anything out. And, and I, I don't think, you know, our people don't, we want to know who Migdalia is. And what was your journey, you know? Tell me. 
gosh. Um, let's begin by saying I'm a small town girl. Um, mm -hmm. I grew up in a small town in Southeast in uh, Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. I'm the first one in my family that went to college. Well, that's not accurate. My older brother went to college, but he didn't graduate. So I'm the first um, person that graduated from college in my family. Mm -hmm. All I wanted and my big dream was that I did not want to go back to my small town to work at the factories. Hmm. Um, the factories in my small town are a thing of the past, but in the 80s and the 70s and the 90s, factories were a big deal in Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. So I just knew that I wanted to like be able to have a career. Because I didn't grow up around role models, professional role models, mm -hmm. I did not know, and I don't have this specific skill Mm -hmm. You know, like, eventually I realized it was leadership, but that was not that tangible back then. When I went to college, I wasn't sure what I wanted. So I ended up doing communications just because somebody asked me, maybe maybe this is something that you should do. I follow the advice, and I went to the communication school, and I, I ended up working on TV also. By coincidence, I really, uh, at that moment, then I thought I could do print that I could write. I think I'm a good storyteller. Uh, but I did my internship in a TV newsroom and I stayed forever. And honestly, I started having bigger dreams eventually, but I didn't begin my career with this big dream. I just wanted to be able to have a career and to be a professional. Mm -hmm. I did get pregnant at um, 24, my first year in New York as an immigrant, and I decided to be a single mother. Okay. So I think that changed my entire life because at that moment, I was making $28,000 in New York, hmm. become a single mo uh, mother. I could not come with family to bail me out because they just didn't have it. And I think that became my gasoline, my energy. So like, this guy is going to go to school. This guy is going to go to college. I'm going to pay for this guy's college. And that became the thing that moved me, the energy that kept me going and say, okay, I got here and I want to go to the next one and next one. I always been bossy. So I knew that in some <laughs> way I wanted to be in a management role. Eventually I did change the word management for leadership role, but it has all been organic. But my only real passion at the beginning was just like, this guy is going to be in a good place. By the time he goes to college, I need to be successful and I need to be able to support him. That was the gasoline. So you asked me who's Migdalia. I think Migdalia is a human that understands that we are on the construction until the end. Hmm. I'm in no firm way or shape perfect. I even, I was having a conversation with an HR leader friend this morning and I was telling her, I know that you, when I left this station, I left you with this problem. But the good part is that I have learned that I cannot do that again, that my new ways are these ways. And I was just specifically talking about people that I used to hire because they were the greatest at what they do. Mm -hmm. And I didn't care that much about if they were good team players or good citizens. And I think eventually <laughs> I learned the lesson. And now I would not hire you unless you can be a team player leave the values of the company and bring good values, your own values to the table. But I'm that person, the person that continues to evolve and that I know that we need to continue evolving until the end. Wow. That was a handful. <laughs> that was a handful. I'm trying to, which way? It's 
you said you said two really good things that sent to me and it's what became your priority. A, a small, you know, small town, big vision. Um, what do I go? I know there's more for me. You say coincidence, but I sometimes don't believe in coincidence. I think there was things, you know, destined for Migdalia yeah. that needed to do. And now we see it now, which somebody like me can get inspired into even pushing myself even, you know, farther. Having your son at 24 and saying, single mom, that is your gasoline, you said right there then. Mm -hmm. Push him through through college. At the same time, I'm sure you did yourself as well because you said you had something. That's why sometimes I say that even leadership, you do have to have your traits. You know, you have that by nature, but feeding those traits takes you into that leadership position that I think is, doesn't matter whether it's selling ice cream or whatever. When you're a leader, you're a leader. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I love that you mentioned traits because for me, that has been um, a big deal how to get there. Mm -hmm. I didn't know for many years that I needed to sit down evaluate myself and come up with my own values and traits mm -hmm. and make sure that there were values that I could really, really live through them. Mm -hmm. So I think for many years, because also my family is very conservative, my mom is very religious. Mm -hmm. So for years, I was just trying to live the values that she taught me. Mm -hmm. And then very early in my career, I, I became very close with a mentor that she was still very close. And she taught me so much about... TV and TV news. Mm -hmm. So between my mom values and that, I was just trying to imitate both of them, very strong women. So I wasn't sure who I was until one day I realized I'm just acting weird because I don't know who I am mm -hmm. and what I want to put out there. So I sat down and it, that exercise took me a long time. It wasn't like one day, one hour, and it took me a long time. Mm -hmm. to read books, to listen to podcasts, to, to go through a lot. Until one day, okay, okay, let me sit down and create almost like a mission and a vision that a mm -hmm. company creates for myself. For instead of, this is who I am. This is what I want to be. And these are the things that made me thrive and made me happy. That's what you're seeking, what Medalia, you know. And, and a lot of times, especially for those young that are listening, that I think it took me until I was in my 30s what I wanted to do in life. We don't, and it's, you know, sometimes we push our kids to, to, to get, you know, you need to do this, you need to do that, graduate. All that is very important. But I think also as parents, very important to know what are their traits and mm -hmm. what they're good at and guide them through mm -hmm. there. And you found yourself, speak about um, people that inspire you, people that you look up to. Honestly, nowadays, I think uh, the people that are inspiring me are people that understand that on, that you need to have not only an open mind, mm -hmm. but an open heart. Mm -hmm. So I am definitely, I'm 55 years old. Uh, I think there's people that describe life in two seasons, right? Yeah. That season where you're struggling and, 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 and learning who you are, raising kids, and, mm -hmm. and, and in this rat race all the time, yes. right? I'm not. I'm, I'm empty nested already. I'm in a little bit more relaxed state. And I I I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> what was the, what on was the, the question? On who inspired who Migdalia? <laughs> so right now, I want to, I follow uh, uh -huh. lots of leaders and people that they are trying to bring to corporate mm -hmm. and to your regular life, your heart. Mm -hmm. That no more is no more about your skill level, 
Hmm. or about your performance or about the bottom line. I yeah. definitely more inspired now for people that understand that the most important asset that you can have is people. It's people. So, wow. yeah. That already tells me from the get-go that you're a great leader in that sense when you take care of your people and those around you. You said something also on the training part, which actually something that I recently learned. Um, one of my coaches told me that. Actually, I was having issue. Um, in the rehiring, um, I think I was committing the same mistake. Looking for, he told me, Gia, stop looking for traits and look for attitude. Traits are teachable. Um, attitude is not. And he told me, start looking for people that have good values and the same work ethic and everything else. is is it's, it's teachable. So I became, as you said, surround myself, you know, People that wanted it to be coachable, they wanted to learn from me. And that created such a energy around you. You see their results, you see how they evolve, and it's kind of like that gratifying in that leadership. And you say, people around you. Collaboration is one of the main things, actually, for me in my in my mind, and lately for you guys that hear also Jeremy Podcast 100%, we talked about it. I, we did a, a mutual collaboration in that sense. Um, and in that collaboration is the next currency, you know? When we learn how to listen to each other, when we learn how to share each other's, you know, heart and being vulnerable, big things come out of that. And that is the main thing of this show, learning from each other and sharing, you know, life experiences. Because as you said, what you learn, you have to learn with life. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. a golpetazo, how we say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, but that's the best life, you know, life teacher or coach People around you, people that represent your vision on, on your corporate, you know, because I know you're more in the corporate side of it and more in the communication side of it, you know, do you look into the Latinos? Do you look on, on what do they represent on the company's vision and mission? How does that relate today's day with everything that you're being exposed? Because I want to know also the transition from New York to Miami, because that's when I... As, as as I see here, that's when it kind of like boom. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I I want to I want to work and hire with people that they just want to be successful. That but they want to see everybody else uh, succeed. succeed. I definitely I I I don't want to have individual contributors anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to have people that can work good as a community and honestly what we do is a big deal and I think for many years I also forgot that I think for many years I got into the race of ratings mm -hmm. and being the best and winning and I love winning don't get me wrong and I want to continue win, uh, to win but more than anything I I think it, I want to hire people that want to make a difference in the community hmm. Uh, one thing that I can share with you, I was 28 years in Miami and I loved it. South Florida was very kind to me. But South Florida has a very um, mature Hispanic community. Mm -hmm. So moving to Orlando has shaken me to my core again because it's a growing community. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of needs mm -hmm. and that we need more power and that we need to understand our power mm -hmm. and our possibilities so being here and being able to contribute through content or through community events is making me feel so happy. Wow. So I look around my team and I want to make sure that they feel that, mm -hmm. that they understand we're not here to look 
ourselves on TV and look pretty or to edit a video or do uh, audio because that excites me. Yes, that's part of it. Mm -hmm. But I want you to understand that what you do makes a difference. Like two weeks ago, if we wouldn't work 40 straight hours without yeah. going to home to sleep, yeah. so many more people would have lost their lives, yeah. right, during yeah. the Hurricane Ian. Mm -hmm. So at some point, that, that you need to understand that that matters, that you mm -hmm. have a big responsibility. Because people think, oh, she works on TV. They feel that, that we have a lot of money. It's not true. <laughs> <laughs> it's glamorous. It's not true. Um, it's kind of fun. For me, it's fun because I love it. Mm -hmm. So I have passion for it. But more than anything, it's very, very um, important. Like, mm -hmm. like what I do matters. Yeah. And I always tell that my kids, like, make sure that you ch choose a career that you feel that. Because mm -hmm. during COVID, for example, like, I think at some point, everybody was looking, on, what's my contribution to the society? What's my, what's my contribution to community? Mine is easy. From the point of view that I have a job mm -hmm. that is already the platform. So... Something happened in the community. Something happened in society. I know what to do. I have a platform. Mm -hmm. I have a voice. Yeah. And I don't take that lightly. And I want to work with people that don't take that lightly. Wow. That was, that's, that's very powerful because you said we have a voice. And you said, you said two, two things are very, it resonates in me because I lived in, in Miami Actually, when I came from Cuba, as every Cuban we go through Miami, Miami is like our filter. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but and because of Miami, I didn't speak. You know what? The reason why I have an accent is Miami. <laughs> Maybe me too. <laughs> I was in Miami until uh, I was 14 years old, and I did not learn any English in six years in Miami. When I came to learn English was when my parents moved to Chicago, Illinois, and in one year I learned English, and then I come to Orlando. So that's all I know. But you said something how mature the Latino community in Miami is. It is. And one thing that I admire is the pride. Yes. Orlando is more vulnerable because we we have, and I, I don't know if some of you guys have not, but we have, we do have in some type of shape or form, have experienced some type of racism or tried to put us down because we're Hispanic. Orlando is growing. It's growing not only in the immigration side of so many people coming from Venezuela, from Puerto Rico, mm -hmm. from California, from New York, and everybody wants something from Orlando now and something to be proud of. But you said being a voice in Orlando is such a, a duty that you have and such a now I know that we're going to be fine because <laughs> such a woman empowered to communicate and relate to a community the needs that we need, the changes that we need to do. The only way that we can be proud is having that. And you guys are that big vocero, like that big voice, mm -hmm. altavoz, to communicate that to our people, how to be proud of who we are and that we bring un matiz that our community need, that is diversity, that is color, that is flavor, that is needed for this for this country. That is, it was, it was you know, brought up in, in so many different culture in that sense. Miami, and, and I have this story that I have a friend of mine that went to Miami for a first time. Actually, he, he was, he was a Cuban, a, Parents Puerto Rican and Colombiano, but he knew more English than Spanish. So he went to Miami for the first time several years ago. And it was funny because he goes to Sedano <laughs> and he start ordering a sandwich and he start ordering, hey, I would like this. <laughs> there is a cue like, 
¿Qué dice ese tipo ahí? Dice? Él no sabe que aquí no hablamos inglés, que aquí hablamos español. Like, entonces, he knows that we, don't, that we speak only Spanish here. So proud. And I'm like, oh my God, my people. But that is the pride in that, what you said, the difference in that old Hispanic generation in this new community that I know we're going to be fine having that voice and that communicating, you know, port to all those homes. Um, and I think that's what this world needs more. This country needs more diversity, um, that it's okay not to be perfect or even be put in a box. Exactly. Right. Um, Then I see that, and that's that's when I was like, wow, I know in Miami, even though it was Hispanic, everything Hispanic, todo español, but to be an executive producer of <laughs> el show de Cristina, guys, you guys need to watch. Cristina was the bomb. Cristina was like that auntie that you watch each day, Monday to Friday. Like, Cristina y, y Sábado Gigante was like, everything yes. it was a party in our, in our house like it was our your own super bowl you, right it was like, a super bowl every saturday, <laughs> every saturday why night. are you gonna do a saturday watch Sabado Gigante. Yeah, are you yeah. crazy yeah. like i remember um we came in 93 in a raft so we didn't have any family member here so it was only those people that we came it was 23 of us and for us it became such a culture that every saturday we'll get together get like um like a pork and hacíamos una piernita it was funny. from 6 p.m. they had to start cooking an hour before sao gigante and then everybody it was like a whole entire religion because we only had each other so we grew up with that intense of hispanic it was the only thing that we can see we can relay somebody that would remind us where we came from that is i think the sensitive part of it what what relates and what felt like home. We left our land. We felt, you know, and in your case, you could go back to your land. We couldn't. I know. We And and until today's day, some people have never gone back. So you get to the point that you're like, oh my God, that was everything. How exciting. I mean, tell me. <laughs> She was managing that. I mean, from 94 to 2000, I was like, oh, how was that so christina i remember um back then everybody used to ask me she was bigger than life definitely yes. she she was then she she had so many first mm -hmm. um first of all she started doing her talk show i think she was close to her 40s she was on wow. like very early uh i i think she she came from print she mm -hmm. was uh she was from the magazine world um and and she just she was just herself all the time. I think when we talk now so much about authenticity, mm -hmm. we didn't talk about that back then. Yeah. But she instinctively knew it. Like she was, people say like, how is she? She's like, that person that you've seen on TV, that's her. That's her. If you watch her show, you know her this, the same way I know her because she was just herself all the time. I've been on TV for 30 plus years mm -hmm. and um, the people that are relatable are those that they're just bring their own personality to mm -hmm. to the cameras right mm -hmm. so she was um she was a, a force of nature i think honestly i'm going to be totally honest with you hopefully she does not um listen get, to us <laughs> I, i get offended <laughs> but honestly i i took the job because she reached out she offered me the job wow I was a news person i am a news person at heart so i had not really real interest on the genre, the talk show okay. genre and the topics. But when she reached out and she convinced me, the, the, the vision that I had that I decided to took the job was about leadership. Mm -hmm. So like, okay, this woman 
is leading the Spanish TV. Mm-hmm. She's making a difference. So what is it that I can learn from her? So I'm going to take the job just to learn from her attitudes and wow. value and all that. And you know what? What I learned was a very simple lesson. <laughs> she believes in herself, and she does not take no for an answer. Wow. One morning, she would not. I was the uh, I was the producer that took the show from weekly to from daily to weekly. So I never worked in the day to, mm-hmm. uh, the daily show. So I took the show. Uh, they were canceling the Monday through Friday, so we had a prime time show Monday night. So we wouldn't have to talk over the weekends and all that. So, mm-hmm. but one Sunday morning, she calls me, and and she says. Did you see what happened last time? I said, what happened last night? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so J-Lo and Mark Anthony had a secret wedding. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. I saw that. And she said, I would like to tape a show this week with um, J-Lo's ex-partners. I'm not the kind of person, never was the kind of person that I'm going to say no right away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I always gonna try and I'm gonna give you the impression that I'm gonna try and I'm gonna say, Are you crazy? But in my head, I was just thinking, Is she crazy? And I said, Okay, okay, I'll try. So I immediately called two producers. Uh, one was my best friend at some point. Uh, unfortunately, he passed in 2016. Oh. And the other one is mm-hmm. the EP of the Gloria Stefan and the Stefan's Red Table oh, show. He wow. was He was one of my producers back then. I called Rick in and Reggie, and I said, Christina wants this. And they were, they were like me. So like, okay, so let's just try it. Of course. Uh, we taped the show on Thursday hmm. with um, Ohani. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, the, the, her yeah. second husband, mm-hmm. um, two or three people, mm. two or three former lovers or partners, and Extra Access Hollywood, everybody was requesting to be in the studio oh with God. us. So the story that all the entertainment from the general market wanted, Christina was that one. And honestly, honest to God, I would not think like that until that moment. I said, wow. oh, the, the, the big dogs are going to go after this, so I'm not going to waste my time. Of course. After that show, that completely changed my mindset. Wow. Because it's like, so now every time I, saw, I, I see something big, it's like, let's go after it. And honestly, maybe 70, 80% of the time I don't get it. But there's this 20% that is worth of it. the time that is going to be a home run. Wow. And now I always try, and my teams, I always say, like, hey, uh, let's just call the president. Let's just call, like, I remember being in Miami uh, leading the, the NBC uh, station when one of these hurricanes, Dorian or one of these, mm-hmm. or Irma, and all of a sudden I look up and we have the vice president of this country on our air in a continuous coverage talking to our audience wow. because the culture of that place was like, Let's go after the big dogs all the time. Wow. But I wasn't like that before I met Christina. You can say that's a life lesson? Yeah, it is. It is. So always not even saying, taking a no for an answer. Don't take no for an answer and dream, and dream big. Dream big. On that same subway. Not subway. You say? I was going to mess it up. <laughs> not subway. Subway. <laughs> what can you say it's being, not people say mantra, people say quote, that you rule your life? By that you said, remember, Migdalia, go for this. What would that be? 
be be comfortable being uncomfortable. I'm mm. always I'm always in uncomfortable situations. I'm always like the day you're comfortable, you're not growing, you're not learning. And sometimes I hate myself for it. It's like I was so fine until last month. Why do I, why do I have to take this project? But when I'm very comfortable, I get itchy, I get bored, I get dangerous. So I'm always, <laughs> always challenging myself. And I always feel that there's got to be these 2 3% of things that I'm doing that are above my capabilities, mm-hmm. but I'm going to get there. Yeah. Like when I work out, like, like if I'm going to do some curls, I don't do curls with 20 pounds because it's going to be too heavy for me and I'm going to fail. But I don't do it with 10 pounds because that's too easy. So what's the point then of working out? So I never go the extreme route or the easy route. I always comfortable being uncomfortable. Wow. Like I think one of the biggest thing that I, taking the Christina show was very uncomfortable because she was the number one show of the Univision Network. At that moment, Univision was number one. It's mm-hmm. not like now that it's, it's a real competition between Univision and Telemundo. So she was it. But I was a news person. It was a completely different genre. And that was one of the conversations we had the day she called me. And I said, like, I don't know that I can lead your team because they, they, they're the greatest in the business and I have no experience doing mm-hmm. talk shows. And her answer was like, oh, they're the expert and I'm the expert too. But what I want from you is leadership. Hmm. So I said, oh, you want me to manage people, to lead the people. It doesn't... I don't have to worry that much about the TV part, the mm-hmm. actual content. And I did worry, and I did put my hands on it. I'm a hard worker, and I take pride from what I do. But she hired me because she wanted me to lead the people. People didn't have probably vision. And, and that was uncomfortable for me mm-hmm. to be leading people that they know more than you wow. or what they're doing. The same when I took the um, NBC6 uh, job down in South Florida, I was like, uh, my accent, uh, I, I think in Spanish, my expertise is in Spanish TV, and my current boss, that was the person hiring me back then, too, mm-hmm. is like, who cares? We, we want your experience, we want your expertise in the, uh, in the Hispanic market, mm-hmm. and we want your brain power. But it was really out there for me the first couple of years. Mm-hmm. Every time I had to lead a meeting or do a business presentation, I was just like almost a panic attack <laughs> because I was so conscious about having an accent. But I have never led. I feel the fear. Yeah. But I don't let the fear stop me. I think most of the time when I see people that are so brave, most of the time I can see sometimes they're just not conscious of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, a person that is brave is a person that can feel the fear and I still say, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to say yes. She's talking. <laughs> Music in my ear. It's like, it's everything that I experienced my whole entire career. Um, Jeremy and I was very, very young when we got into entrepreneurship, but you said something so powerful that is get comfortable with the uncomfortable. You know, it's it's easy to say, but when you're uncomfortable, you start developing traits, you start developing survivorship. Mm-hmm. Like, haven't you seen all these survivorship movies? Like, all these people bring this hero, heroic, you know, power out of it is because the human body, 
and the human mind, we're so adaptable and we do whatever it is to be adaptable with whatever situation. And that's my whole entire, like you were talking to me, like, can you, you want to be my coach? I love that. <laughs> she was talking everything that, you know, me and my husband are always in that same thing. And a lot of people, it takes a while for them to understand us because they're like, you guys are too positive. Why you guys work so hard? When you have a second chance in life, you know, when you, especially my, my, my husband that come, came illegally, you know, from Peru and somebody gave him that opportunity, a pastor say, listen, what is it that you need? In my sense, we came with our family. It gets to the point that that no, you know, it's, it's not an answer for us. Push that door and, you know, says that from close to a yes, there has to be a no, you know, and you talking about that survivorship, how you put yourself in that position. That is the reason that you have the position that you have. Nobody gave it to you. You, you know, had to bleed uncomfortableness. Yeah. One thing that you can uh, uh, tell me that would piss me off mm -hmm. is when people say, oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> no, there's not lucky. Do not tell me that. <laughs> I busted my behind for this. I've been many times in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. That is true, true. Mm -hmm. That is true. And you would understand me in my entire journey. said I, some people can get confused. Oh, you're so lucky. Like Christina called me, I didn't apply for this job. Like I have had so many jobs that I never mm -hmm. apply for them. Wow. And I have had applied for jobs that I didn't get too. Of course. But your duty is to be ready. Mm -hmm. Is to be ready. You can be seeking for the opportunity or not, but you're ready. So every time that that thing that people call luck have knocked my door, I've been ready. I've been ready. Being hungry. I've been hungry and I've been for ready. It. And many yep. times, like the job that I have right now, it's also uh, making me uncomfortable because I now have to lead the entire station. Mm -hmm. I did not know anything about sales. Mm -hmm. And finance, my finance point of view limited to managing mm -hmm. only one department. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Some days are better than others. But I think transparency was a big deal. When I joined the team, I told specifically the finance and the sales department, like, Mm -hmm. Help me out. I don't know what I'm doing, uh -huh. uh, but I'm here to learn and I'm here to lead you and I'm here to support you. And honestly, I haven't felt the resistance that I felt in other places when I knew what I was doing. Absolutely. I think that transparency and say, I don't know, but it's not true or real that a first time GM will understand the entire station. Because if you come from sales, then you won't understand news or marketing. So, I was an expert. I'm an expert in news and marketing, but not in sales and finance. But at the end of the day, what I have learned also to realize is that it's people. Like, you need to take care of people. So, for me, the most important trait that I can have, that is a transactional trait, mm -hmm. to be successful is just hire, hire good people and yeah. let them operate. Be there for them, but hire the right people, surround yourself with the right people, and let them operate. Exactly. Delegating, and, and that's one of the biggest biggest lesson for me in, in, in my type of industry. We, leadership doesn't have to be good in everything, just to lead. Mm -hmm. You know, then you you partner up with those because that's what I like to call my, my amazing staff. Partner up with their amazing qualification that mm -hmm. then, you know, I try to even, and I tell them, guys, don't feel bad that you guys might be smarter than me. It's okay. Oh, most of I'm the time. Okay most of the time, that. my staff are like, I'm most of the time I'm surrounded by people that are way better than me. But that's what leadership is all about because they help you 
to relate that message or they help you to go farther for whether it's our vision and our mission in that sense. Um, you said something on when you see more, I'm in myself, that I see more capable people in other in other area, for instance, uh, I love, you know, public speaking. Um, it's one of my always passion that I've always done. And as you said, the nerves never leave. The nerves are always there. The nerves remind you that you're human. <laughs> the nerves remind you that you're entering into something. I think any telecommunication, any channel, we have to always be nervous in the sense because the message that we can relay and we can say can destroy and create a person, right? So I think that's always the nerve of what people's opinion and what it is. But when you see other people sometimes less qualified than you and they're doing it, you're like, oh, I can do this. You know, that's when I start being, not leaving the, the fear, but shutting down that voice. Mm -hmm. Okay, Gia, you know, that's why Christina's, you know, anecdote relates so much like, I am in the right path. I am doing, I'm not perfect, but we're doing it in, in that way. One question that I like asking everybody that comes is the younger Migdalia. What would you have to say if you see her right in front of you? Yeah, I would say, and it's something that I tell my older son and I will eventually tell my youngest son too. Your success is inevitable. Mm-hmm. You're going to be successful. So do not attach anxiety mm. to everything that you're doing. Why I think my success is inevitable? Because I work hard. I have a good attitude. I bring good, authentic values to the table, and I care. Mm -hmm. So it's impossible not to be successful. The level of that success is depend of your dreams, opportunities, there's some things that will come outside and, mm -hmm. and, and all the factors that would impact that. But it's impossible for you and me not to be successful. Mm. It's impossible. For us not to be successful is like it got to be a war and, <laughs> and, and like they, we, we need to be in jail. I, and we probably will lead the jail and, <laughs> or, 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 or whatever place we got. It's impossible because we do have the right attitude. So mm -hmm. I wish I could tell me myself that so anxiety wouldn't be part of the process shut it down because there was like i feel so comfortable and so happy now it's like too bad that i went through all those years going to be like this mm -hmm. instead of like this life life teaches mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. that's why that aging is a beautiful process by the way. <laughs> i am I, learning I, I, that is my new <laughs> mantra because I remember when I used to read things about older women said, oh, wait until you get to this age, everything makes sense, you feel comfortable in your own skin. And I used to think, oh, my mm -hmm. God, older ladies, they like to, to believe their own BS. <laughs> it is true. It, it is. is so true. Oh, my God. It's just uh, I'm so comfortable. I'm so happy. I'm so like... Honestly, I, I think my husband's going to hate me probably. <laughs> but sometimes... I look at my husband and I feel bad for my ex-husband. Because <laughs> I said like, oh my God, I was so strict and so like driven and so like it, need, it needs to be this and it needs to be planned and it needs to happen today. And now it's like, okay, we'll, do, we'll get to that tomorrow. Like I'm yeah. so much relaxed and comfortable. It's just, it's just Your amazing. mental peace. 
But and and then I wish my new mantra is that I wish the societies would go back to love, respect, and honor mm-hmm. aging. The I don't process. want to use anymore, for example, the word uh, anti-aging. Oh, I'm using this anti-aging cream, and I, no, 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 I'm aging. And you know what's the alternative? Uh-huh. To die. I don't want to die. I want to be alive. So it's another topic, guys. Write it down. So I stop coloring my hair. <laughs> Love it. I stop wearing, um, getting uh, injections. Oh, uh-huh. I her, I found out today that uh-huh. I need um, hearing aids. <laughs> no. But you so, hear me very well. <laughs> so, and, and and for the second, it shocked me. Yeah. And then I had an event today at the Arnold Palmer Children's Hospital, a bingo for Hispanic heritage. And I saw all these kids that they're sick. And I said, like, how dare me to be sad because I need to use a near piece. I'm alive. I'm healthy. My two boys are alive and healthy. And thriving. Who am I to want more? So I just need to celebrate what I have. Yes. And who I have become. And, and, and I'm loving it. And it's like, BS, you want me to use the word or the concept anti-aging. No, I'm aging. And I'm aging beautifully and I'm enjoying it. I still have dreams. I still feel pretty. I still love my husband and love having intimacy with him. I still going dancing. I still going, like, I, I, I have a bunch of friends that are way younger than me, and I still enjoy going out with them. Yeah. I'm alive. Wow. I'm alive. I'm, I'm planning to continue like this until the end. Magdalia, I don't want to add nothing else to that. <laughs> yeah. Because you, to me, you're an inspiration. Every day, especially women, that we look ourselves in the mirror, we try to find what to fix or what to, when is the most natural effect and process. So to my girls out there, there's a lesson for all of us, all of us to hear and a mantra to go by. You're such an inspirational where you're standing. And I want you to know that you have that duty to tell women like me, women that are in the process that you know, we see them putting so many filters, so many things that you're like, you have to be happy with where you are. And if you're not, then do something, fix it. Exactly. Like, listen, I, I think we three things. We are mind, soul, and body. And every single day, I pay attention to the three. I get up in the morning, listen to two or three guided meditations, short mm-hmm. ones, because I have ADD, so I can really <laughs> go into a long one or try to do it on my own. So I listen to a couple of podcasts that are mm-hmm. motivational, inspirational, like the Daily Stoic or the mm-hmm. Daily Mastery. And then I go into uh, working out. I work out every single day. Okay. If I don't work out, it's a very special day. I work out every single day. And then after that, I go read my news, some so, so journaling, and I read something about business, mm-hmm. about my business. And by the time I get into the car by 8.30 or 8.45, I know I already center my, my equilibrium, which is my mind, my soul, and my body. And we need to take care of, the, of, of everything that we the are. Three. Like when you are working out all the time, dieting, but you're not taking care of your heart or your mind, 
you're not going to be thriving. You're wasting. Or if you are only loving and, and loving God, and, and uh, but you're not taking care of your body or you're not feeding your mind, you're not going to be thriving. And That's when the only thing that you do study and learn and learn new things, you're not going to thrive because you're not taking care of your body and probably your soul. So we have three d- duties. Take care of your body, take care of your mind, and take care of your soul. Wow. You guys got that? <laughs> It's been uh it's been a it's been a treat. Um, thank you so much for for this opportunity to learn from somebody, you know, so much. Um, and to kind of making me feel that I'm not doing nothing wrong either. No, except I need to, you know, maybe need to hit it more. I mean, we work I work out every day, but in the sense that you said how to center in the sense of your mind, feeding that mind, and obviously to different, you know. My, my my older is 13 and the little one is four years old. So mommy duties, it's yeah, completely no, different. We're in a completely different, a different stages of life. But yeah. still, a lot of time we put those excuses where you can be taking your kids to school and listening to a podcast that's going to help you deal with today's anxiety or, or whatever, whether it's business, whatever you can do in the community, there's no excuse. Well, when I when I narrated my morning, for example, that doesn't mean I'm not doing, like, I'm doing something else. Like, when I'm applying my makeup or mm-hmm. taking a shower and I'm listening to news, like, no. or, or, and on my way to work, I listen to a news podcast every day. Rather it's than like, listening to music, guys. Rather, exactly. Mm-hmm. I, instead of, and I love music and I love to have fun. Of course. It's part of it, too. But there's moments for everything. There's a right? balance. Yeah. Life yeah. is a balance. Yeah. Thank you so much. I don't want to add nothing else. It's being, it's, I, I'm full, full, like in my mind and my knowledge and, and to know that there's so much more to give to our community, to women out there that I think is a duty for all of us to women that you can be the best version that you can be. Let's quit, you know, blaming whatever excuses is out there. If you want to find it, like you said, it's not luck. It's just make sure. And actually, my husband says that, and I hate that I have to uh, label him on that. My husband, he says, make sure that you're the hardest worker in that room. And that's one thing that my husband, I mean, he barely sleep like five hours. I try to push him too because I know I, I need a healthy husband as well, you know, so she can be enjoying what she's joining at that empty nester. <laughs> um, but life is that balance, you know, and thank you so much again. My amazing people, before I forget, because my producers are going to kill me because I did not say, don't forget to subscribe, rate, uh, <laughs> download in any podcast platform. Uh, let us know how you enjoy this amazing treat for this amazing and powerful woman. And I can't wait to see you to the next time. I love you all. See you next time.